0: Our scripture today comes from James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. It says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The prophet Isaiah declares that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever, and this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. False, wrong, incorrect, inaccurate. Each of us knows what it's like to have someone say something to us with words that cause real hurt. We know what it's like to be torn down by hateful, destructive words. We know what it's like for someone to say something to us that they think is funny, but actually causes us pain. Words do, in fact, hurt. But on the flip side, we also know what it's like to be lifted to the heights by someone's encouraging words. We know what it's like to be built up by constructive criticism. This all tells us that words play a major role in our lives. And it's not just others' words that affect us. It's our words that affect others. And so as Christians, more than anybody else, it's crucial that we watch our words. And that's exactly what the scripture talks about this morning. Now, we all stumble in many ways, as James says. Raise your hand if you are perfect. Good, none of you are liars either. (laughs) Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Now the sins we've committed may be different from the person next to us, but they're all sin either way. Whether we're talking about putting things in our lives ahead of or in place of God, or we're talking about lying or lust, envy, hatred, adultery, stealing, dishonoring our parents, being a jerk to our teachers, whatever. It's all sin. And we are grateful that through Jesus' death and resurrection, our sin is forgiven and we are given a fresh new start. But as we talk about the different ways we fall into sin, we have to realize that there is one way that every single one of us has stumbled, and that is is with our words. We all stumble in how we speak. We all sin with the words we say. And sometimes what comes out of our mouths is as poisonous as snake venom. Now that's true whether it comes out of our literal mouth or out of our keyboard, it still counts. But we all know that our speech is difficult to control. If you don't think that's true, try holding your tongue when someone is insulting you to your face, and then you realize, yeah, it's tough not to say anything. Plus, there are so many different, varied ways that we can sin with our tongues. We can sin by insulting someone. We can sin by cracking an off-color joke. We can sin by gossiping. We could exaggerate the truth or even lie. We can make little jabs at people that we find funny that actually play on their insecurities and cause them harm. We can even use our speech to manipulate others. The way we speak matters. Remember what James told us a few weeks back in chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. It's not easy to watch our words, but it's crucial that we do. And that's why James says that if you are able to control your speech, you can probably control everything else about yourself. In fact, you're probably a perfect person. Now, what James here means by perfect is not like sinless. What he means is uh, mature or complete. That if it's the case that you can Keep a rein on your tongue, you are probably mature or complete. Because controlling our tongues takes a massive amount of self-control. Such a massive amount, in fact, that we don't have it in us to do it. We can only do that with God's strength in our lives. Because James tells us no human being can tame the tongue. That's something only God can do in and through us. Now, this passage also teaches us that how we speak affects our whole lives. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Psalm thirty four eleven to 14 says, Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Actions have consequences, whether positive or negative. And James uses three different analogies to show how our speech affects everything about us. In each analogy, something small controls or starts something much larger. A small bit controls an entire horse. A small rudder can steer an entire entire ocean liner. A small spark can light an entire forest on fire. The tongue is small, but it boasts of great things. The tongue is small, but it directs and affects the course of our whole lives. The tongue is small, but like a small spark, it can set our lives and our relationships ablaze. Verse 6, James says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. That's deep. That's not what we want being said of our speech as Christians. And yet, How often our marriage is harmed by a pattern of hurtful words spoken in anger. How many people get fired for how they speak to customers or even their employers. How many friendships go up in smoke when a person finds out that the other one has been talking behind their back. Our speech affects our whole lives. And our speech, as James tells us too, can be poison or praise. Now, we can't stand it, right, when we see someone's a hypocrite, right? We, we hate it when people say one thing and do the other, right? This is yes, this is no. I saw one head nod. Okay, the problem is we're all hypocrites, all of us, because our speech is used so often for two polar opposite purposes, to bless God. And to curse people made in his image. Verses 9 and 10 With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Now, the praise or the blessing God comes out when we are talking with others about God's goodness, when we're praying, when we're singing to him when we're thanking him for what he's done, when we speak the truth in love, when we offer words of encouragement to one another, when we're calling someone out on something, yeah, but we're doing so out of love for them. And when we share the good news of Jesus and what he has done, these are ways that blessing God comes out of our mouths. But the poison comes out when we say things like, Did you hear what Sally did last week? Mm. Or, life was better before I married you. Or, you're such an awful kid. I wish you were more like your other sibling. Or, you'll never have any friends. No one likes you. The poison is always directed at those who bear the image of God whose name we were just blessing with our speech. And that applies, by the way, whether we say these poisonous things to others or whether we say them to ourselves. Sam Alberry, who has written a commentary on James, writes, It is easy in Christian meetings, Sunday by Sunday, to sing praises to God. Often such praise seems heartfelt, We feel as if we mean it, but the problem is that it may be only moments after the meeting that I am speaking against someone, uttering an unfair critical comment, or a piece of gossip. And this is heartfelt too. Humans have a capacity to delight in God and then curse someone that God has not only made, but made in his likeness. We're all guilty. We're all guilty. But this is what James says should not be, that it should not be like this. Just like you can't get figs from a grapevine or apples from an orange grove, we shouldn't be producing two polar opposite types of speech with our tongues. And yet it's only through Jesus can our speech be transformed. I want to talk about one crucial part of our lives that is affected by our speech, and that is our witness for Christ. As Christians, the way we speak influences how people see Jesus. We are God's ambassadors, as we talked about a few weeks ago. We are his representatives to the world around us. And one way we see how words greatly damage that witness is the internet. I have witnessed so many cranky, hateful Christians on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And no, I am not referencing any of you. (laughs) But I have seen so many people say really hateful, hurtful things while also having a Bible verse on their profile. Now, I'm not saying that people who aren't Christians don't do those things. Yes, they do. But as Christians, we're called to a higher standard, to reflect Jesus offline and online. Sharon McMahon, who is affectionately known as America's government teacher, writes this. If you have holy scripture in your bio and your feed is full of the faith-based institutions and events you support, but your private messages are full of hate, you tell people you hope that they burn in hell, then know that someday you will be judged by your secret digital legacy some day your relatives will see how you attended worship services by day, but your heart was hateful by night. What is done in the darkness will always be brought to light, including the messages you think now that no one will ever read. It's very sobering. As Christians, we must watch our words. Now again, we read From James, no human being can tame the tongue. Well, it's a good thing God is not a human being. Or if we're talking about Jesus, not simply a human being. Because only God can tame our tongues. We cannot change the pattern of our speech without God's grace in our lives. It's only through trusting in Jesus and relying on the power of the Holy Spirit can we change the pattern of the way we speak. Can we hold our tongues when we shouldn't speak? It's only through him that we, should, we can speak as he would call us to, that we can speak words of wisdom, that we can speak the truth in love, that we can speak words that will help and draw people to him. We cannot do this without his strength and grace, but it can be done. I want to give you a few tips Number one, pray. Pray, because why not? Ask the Lord to show you where your speech has not honored him as it should. And then repent. Ask for God's forgiveness. Resolve to turn away from those patterns. And consider maybe how you might uh, change those patterns. Ask God for wisdom and also ask for wisdom from other Christian friends or even say, hey, listen, you know that I get in trouble with my mouth sometimes. Can you do me a favor if I do that and don't notice? Can you like tap me on the shoulder and just remind me what I've, how, I'm, how I'm trying to grow here? And when a situation arises where you could speak poison instead of praise, pray and then pray some more and keep praying and take a deep breath. And if and when you inevitably mess up, Apologize. But keep going. Keep asking for God's forgiveness, for forgiveness from the person that your words hurt. Because you can grow. it take time, but you can. Because when we rely on Jesus, we can grow in the way we speak, and we can speak in ways that honor God. Now, we may never be perfect at this, but again, it's about Growing. We've all failed. We have all sinned with our speech. But the beautiful truth is our sins can be forgiven through faith in Christ. And through Christ, we can be transformed. And so as a result of God's amazing, incredible, sacrificial love for us, let us respond to that gift by watching our words let our words bless our creator and bless those made in his image i want to leave you with proverbs twelve eighteen. there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts but the tongue of the wise brings healing let us bring healing let's pray lord You know how often each and every one of us gets in trouble with our mouths. You know how hard it is to tame the tongue. We ask for your forgiveness for ways that we have failed. We also ask for your grace to speak words of life, to change, not by our own strength but by your power. Help our words to bring truth. Help our words to bring blessing. Even when those words might be calling someone out for something that we have to, let it be done in love. Give us your grace and wisdom to do so, for we cannot do it without you. And Lord, when we fail, remind us of, our, of your grace and help us to begin anew. In Jesus' name, amen.